Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Question for you. When the hell did having money become something evil? Really? Because listening to some members of the Democratic Party, you'd think that having wealth is a crime. Plus, I've got something new coming up here. Movie reviews. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right, folks. So anyway, you know, I was before I get into the movie reviews, which will come later, let's talk about something very important. And you heard me say in my open, when the hell did having money become a terrible thing? Because I'm listening to the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party, which I might add, I grew up with, born and raised. And have been a Democrat. But I am telling you, the last few days, it's absolutely sickened me what I've had to read and hear. Uh, And this all comes on the heels of uh, former Mayor Michael Bloomberg deciding that, well, you know, he's going to certainly sounds like he's going to try and seek the nomination to become president of the United States. Democratic uh, representative. And look, this is not to say I'm voting or I would vote for Michael Bloomberg. I'm just saying some of the remarks that came out once, if you will, his hat was thrown into the ring was absolutely disgraceful. I mean, not not a little bit, but sickening to me. It's why this country is so divided. You know, they can blame all what the hell they want on Donald Trump. At least the left side does. The Democratic side does. But the Democrats can't get along amongst themselves. So so Bloomberg, you know, the news comes out that Bloomberg is ready to throw his hat into the ring. Okay? And... Elizabeth Warren puts out an email. Another example of the wealthy wanting our government and economy to only work for themselves. What's that supposed to mean? Whether uh, This has nothing to do with liking Michael Bloomberg or not liking Michael Bloomberg. The guy's a rich guy. 
He's made a shitload of money, like 53 or 54 billion. God bless him. He's also a tremendous, tremendously charitable person. A, 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 one of the big philanthropists in this country, probably. Is that a crime? What was so bad? Okay. I mean, wanting our government economy to only work for themselves. Who says that? That's certainly not the way Michael Bloomberg ran New York City when he was mayor. And he certainly ran it a hell of a lot better than this Democrat that we have in now, who is a complete piece of crap, dishonorable de Blasio. But that's Elizabeth Warren. This this is a person who is seeking the nomination to become president of the United States. Then you have another goomba of Elizabeth Warren. Buddy boy Bernie Sanders. Just what America needs. Another billionaire using his wealth to try to buy an election. You know why? You need somebody like Michael Bloomberg? To use his own money to get in? You know why, Bernie, you need that? You know why, Elizabeth Warren, you need Michael Bloomberg? Because of people like you. Because you offer people nothing. You offer people socialist ideas that will not work. And you sound like jealous small people. When the hell did having money become a crime? Then you have Amy Klobuchar. I quote, I think you have to earn votes, not buy them. When people look at this White House and they see this multimillionaire messing up so many things, I don't think they say, oh, we need someone richer. What's that? That's small-minded bullshit. That's exactly what that is. The Democrats and Democratic people and households, uh, my household, and you've heard me say this because I've done several uh, podcasts on, you know, the, the quote unquote elite schools and my, my I went to Brooklyn Tech and, you know, the bum Carranza and Dumbo de Blasio and I've done all that stuff. I'm, so uh, here's my point. When I went to Brooklyn Tech, I went with something like 7,000 boys. I graduated in 1969. And the one common thread that we all had in common, the one thread, whether you were white, black, green, blue, yellow, Jew, Italian, Irish, whatever the hell you were, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever you were. You know what the common thread was? We all came from families that none of us had a pot to piss in. And all of us 
were told the American dream from our parents. That's why we were there. So we can go ahead and have a better life than our parents had. And we can go to college and make money and become huge successes. When did that become a crime? And, and I'm proud to say because, uh, in fact, I got one coming up next week. I, I'm proud to say I'm, I'm an MC uh, at the uh, Brooklyn Tech alumni dinner. And, and it's not just... They have it every year, and it's not just any alumni dinner. They they raise hundreds of thousands of dollars from their alumni because it's a wealthy alumni. It's a wealthy alumni coming, a lot of them, from nothing. In fact, one of the honorees this year is a guy who's buying our station, <laughs> John Katsimatidis. He graduated, I think, three years before me. Comes Came from nothing. Immigrant. Immigrant parents came from nothing. Now he's a multi-billionaire. That's a crime? I believe the owner, uh, one of the owners of Barnes & Noble came from Brooklyn Tech. I, I mean, I can go, the point being, and I'm not talking about just Brooklyn Tech. You can talk about Stuyvesant. You can talk about the Bronx High School of Science. You know, they call these... The elite schools. I'm, I don't like to use the term elite because elite is wrong. Elite sounds like a private school. I would call them advanced schools with advanced curriculums. But my, my point being, we all went there for the same reason, to live the American dream. For crying out loud, I am the American dream. I, you know, you, I don't know, a month or so ago, whenever the heck it was, I was doing a show with... Uh, Filling in for Sid Rosenberg with Bernie McGurk. Bernie and I, we looked at each other. We're the American dream. He's from the projects in the Bronx. I'm from the projects in Brooklyn. I don't remember. I don't remember my father not working. Forget two jobs. I don't remember when he didn't have three jobs. And it killed him, and that's why he died at the age of 47. But that was the dream, to go ahead and bust your ass and make a lot of money. You, you know, I always hear from uh, when they were doing the um, Democratic debates, the one percenters, Bernie and Elizabeth and this one and that one, the one percenters, the one percenters. Do you think anybody would be turning down Michael Bloomberg if he was willing to put money into their coffers to run for uh, president, into their uh, funds, huh? Is anybody criticizing the Hollywood elite? Because they are indeed one percenters. Big time one percenters. Anybody bitching and moaning about them? I'll tell you what's a waste of money. All these morons, the, the array that I got to watch when I, I see the debates because they're just wasting time. Most of them, they don't have a rat's patootie of a chance to win. So you explain to me what's so bad about having money. 
And and believe me, folks. You know now it's well. They're going to talk. Well, he, he's another guy. He's seventy-seven years old. Michael Michael Bloomberg. I wish the hell we had somebody. You know that I really liked who was thirty-seven or forty-seven or fifty-seven. And you know what? That's why the Democratic Party is in the shape it's in because they haven't given me or anybody like that to really root for, to sink my teeth into and say, yeah, you know what? This man or this woman. Made it the right stuff. No, you know what I got from the Democratic Party in terms of young people? The squad. I got AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I got her moron friend, Omar, from Minnesota. And and Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts. And Rashida Tlaib from Michigan. That's, That's who I have. How about this one? When, uh... Dopey AOC, she was stopping, I guess it was in Iowa. I quote AOC. There are folks that are trying to completely purchase our political system, running as Republicans and now tossing in their hats as Democrats in the field as well. Listen to this. But what we're here to say is that in a democracy, it shouldn't matter how much money you have. What should matter is whether you vote, whether you caucus, whether you turn out. It's the numbers. It's the people. It's the movement. Oh, wait a minute. It's the movement. So it's your movement. You just said it shouldn't matter how much money you have, meaning little or big. But that's not what AOC means. Like, it's a crime to have money. It's the dumbest, moronic, ass-backwards way of thinking I have ever, ever heard. And it's, quite frankly, it's insulting to everybody, every American who wants to go to the polls and vote. Because when I'm watching these debates, I want to know. I I would love to see Michael Bloomberg look at any one of these morons and say, let me ask you a question. When the one percenters put money into your fund, your election fund to run, do you turn it down? I don't see, I guarantee I know what the answer is going to be. You know, we're talking, you know, I read something that, well, uh, reading. you know, Bloomberg was still behind, not a lot of people are, favoring you know he, he'd only get like four percent in, in a poll that just came out well he hasn't been running Th- that that'll change in a heartbeat and again i'm not here to say i'm voting for him or i would vote for him but i'm here to say this he offers me just based on the moronic comments that you just heard me read he offers me some common sense he offers me a better better situation than voting for either one of those people any any of them because it's disgusting like having money is a crime 
That's what the American dream is. I keep repeating myself. We all wake up every day, go to work. When you here in New York City, when people are crowding the trains and they're busting their ass and they're going to work and they're doing this and they're going home at night and make it. It's all because they want more. All because they want more. It's not a crime to want more, and it's certainly not a crime to work for more. You you think all the, the people in the inner city, how about these single moms who's, who's got two and three and four kids, and they're busting their ass working two and three jobs, and whatever the hell they, they have to do to make ends meet. You don't think they want more, and you don't think they want more for their kids? You don't think they tell their kids, go ahead out there and do it and live the American dream? And you don't think those kids dream about making all kinds of money so they can come home and and buy mama the nice house that she had sacrificed everything for them so, so they would have? That's the American dream. When the hell did having money become a problem? You know what? It's small-minded, petty, jealousy, bullshit. And then, of course, we have Omar tweeting. Tweeting in response to when when the news came out about um, Bloomberg. Uh, It's... There was news that uh, another billionaire philanthropist, Leon Kuberman, that said uh, he would support Michael Bloomberg. So what does Omar tweet out? I wonder why with one of those hmm emojis. Now, Bloomberg is not just a billionaire. He's a Jew billionaire. (laughs) Yeah, he's a Jew billionaire. And we know how that anti-Semitic piece of crap Omar feels about us Jews. So really, this is what the Democratic Party is offering. These are the comments that, I, I mean, when I heard that Bloomberg was running, I said, great. I, I and it wasn't like a negative at anybody. I just said, okay, there, there's an option coming out there. My buddy Bernie McGurk, who's a staunch, staunch Trump supporter, would say on the air, "Well, y- y- yeah, I mean, you know, if if his guy couldn't win, he'd like to see, you know, Bloomberg." as opposed to any of the other Democratic candidates. I don't know that I can argue with Bernie on that. Don't know. So you got Elizabeth Warren, you got Bernie Sanders, Globeshaw, this piece of garbage, Omar, AOC. I I mean, it's small-minded. Well, forget the anti-Semitism. And what is Omar going to say? Well, wait a minute. Or AOC, are they going to say, I'm, I'm supporting Bernie, so I'm not anti-Semitic. But are they going to come out with that shit? 
It's ridiculous. It is absolutely disgraceful. I, I, when I heard that Michael Bloomberg was throwing his hat into the ring, I just thought, it, okay, that's a positive thing. And his, the Democratic Party just jumps on it because he's got money. I mean, you, I'll tell you what. I've got two daughters, two son-in-laws, three little grandsons who I just can eat up every day. And I have raised my daughters. They were raised this way. Uh, I'd always say, be envious, don't be jealous. Now, technically, I guess if you look in a dictionary, it means the same thing. But I view it as different. See, envious means, eh. Uh, No, no, excuse me. Jealousy means... I kind of like, I begrudge you for having that. You're successful, and I'm pissed off that you're successful. I tell, always told my daughters to be envious. Whoa, I like what he and she has. I want that, so I want to aspire to get that. That's the way I was brought up. That's the way I brought my kids up, and I hope my grandsons... All three of them are brought up the same way. Aspire to what you don't have and what you want to have. Don't be jealous of somebody because they have it. Don't make having money as a crime, especially if you earned it the right way. It, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. Now, I I will say this. The one thing that does piss me off, and I'm not stupid. I understand how it works. You know, I had a seed that it came out. Where was I? I guess I was reading it in the post the other day that um, members of Michael Bloomberg's team reached out to let Al Sharpton know that um, he was going to be running because... It, it disgusts me that you would have to reach out to Al Sharpton because to me he he's a fraud. He's a, a a shakedown artist. He's a bad guy. He he's not an activist. He's an agitator. He's a troublemaker. Uh, he preys upon his own African American people. But I'm not stupid. You need the African-American vote, and that's the dirtiness of politics. So a bum like Sharpton, and and listen, I have had no use for him ever since Tawana Brawley, which is what, 88, 89? So what we're talking about, 30, 31 years? I've had no use for him, nothing. But if he's a leader in a black community, you have to play ball with that. And let me tell you something. Reverend Al likes his money. <laughs> you can bet your sweet ass he does. Shakedown artist that he is. No, but but really, I I just folks, I do not understand this. You know, let me tell you something else. Last year, uh Dennis Hamill, 
You might recall De- Dennis Hamill used to write for 25 years, did a street column for in the Daily News when the Daily News was really the Daily News. I mean, and, and it was, I mean, nobody covered the street better than him. I mean, Dennis Hamill was and still is special. In fact, now he's he's a, a writer on uh, Law and Order uh, Special uh, Victims Unit. But, you know, him, his brother, legendary Pete Hamill, great writers. But, and, and they come from nothing. They came from nothing. Big Irish family, projects. Dennis Hamill last year was teaching a course at Brooklyn College. And he asked me to come and speak to the kids, the students. What a day I had. So I went to speak to the students. And first, I met met him in the cafeteria. And I just was amazed looking at all the kids in the cafeteria. You know, just the great majority of them were minorities. And all... Listen, scraping nickels and dimes and quarters and dollars together to, I I guess, I don't know what it costs, like $6,000 or something to go, you know, to what it is now. I don't know. But, you know, all these kids with, with all jobs to help them pay for the tuition. Anyway, so then we go up and we're talking in the class. And... Dennis mentions to them, by the way, kids, you should know that Russ here is from the projects just kind of up the street, you know, up the street, a mile, a couple of miles, whatever it was. I was in the, well, Sheepshead projects and then the Nostrin projects. When grandma had to move in with us, we needed a larger place. So we moved two blocks away to a three bedroom. But they all looked at me. Like when Dennis told them that I came from the projects, it was like, and they were asking me tons of questions afterwards when the class was over. It was like I was one of them. I felt so good. I was proud to be one of them that they felt that they took me in. Because, you know, why am I saying this? Because they all aspire to break their ass to make something of themselves and they pray that money comes with it. I wish all of them to be one percenters. When did it become a crime? And and, and don't get me wrong. You know, when, when you got guys like Bernie promising free education, these kids become wide-eyed over that because they don't have a pot to piss in. It's disgusting. No, folks, I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not telling you who, who to vote for. But be fair to yourself in your thinking. If you don't like somebody's politics, that's fine. But if you don't, you want to talk about prejudicial? 
and prejudices? That's ridiculous. And, and this is what this is what senior Democrats and young Democrats from the Warrens and the Sanders to the squad and those alike. They're all telling you the same thing. Like money is evil. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It's small minded. It's just nickel and dime jealous bullshit. Like I said, when the hell did having money become evil? When did wealth become a crime? Don't buy what these people are selling you. Really, don't buy it. Because it's nothing but a bunch of bullshit. And it's a disgrace on top of it. All right, so like I said, I'm going to switch some gears here. I just decided to do talk some movies today because I was fortunate this past week. I caught up on some movies that are out there. I, I, I've seen The Irishman. I've seen Motherless Brooklyn. And I've seen uh, this Spanish movie with, with English subtitles, uh, Pain and Glory. Uh, first, let me talk about The Irishman. Uh, three and a half hours. I have to tell you, it didn't seem that long to me. I still believe it could have been shorter. I thought it was a little little long. Just in, you know, me just viewing it, I felt, well, uh, maybe they could have condensed it a bit. But having said that, listen, you got Pacino, you got De Niro, you got Pesci, Bobby Cannavale, Ray Romano. Uh, you know who was also was in it? And I didn't know. He played pra- crazy Joey Gallo, the comedian, Sebastian Manisco. Uh, Maniscalco, yeah. He played crazy Joey Gallo. And um, I have to tell you, the two best, I mean, you know what it's about. You know, it's a Martin Scorsese film, and nobody but nobody knows the streets, the mob streets. and it, Just no, no pun intended, because the one that really made him way back, early 70s, was Mean Streets. Nobody knows the Mean Streets better than, uh, in, and at least in terms of uh, making movies about it, better than uh, Martin Scorsese. But, you know, it's about this Frank Sheeran who, um, you know, basically was a hitman for the mob, Philadelphia. And that was De Niro's role. And listen, De Niro was De Niro. And I've heard people say, well, yeah, you see, De Niro was De Niro. You know, he's always the same guy. And, you know, my answer to that is, so what's so bad about that? My favorite all-time actor of all time, all time, is James Cagney. Cagney was always the same guy. He actually, I, I guess to switch it up, was, you know... He won his uh, Academy Award for Yankee Doodle Dandy, which he played George M. Cohan, famous Broadway guy, you know. So uh, 
But Cagney was Cagney. Bogart was Bogart. Clark Gable was always Clark Gable. Gary Cooper was always Gary Cooper. Come on. But the two guys in the show who I thought were the best, Al Pacino's playing Jimmy Hoffa, and Joe Pesci plays this older, you know, mob guy, outstanding. Just the easiness. I mean, Pacino had some real, you know, character ravings, rantings in it, but I thought Pesci was just tremendous. Just tremendous. So, you know, I'm certainly going to tell you to go to the movies. Because it, it is well worth seeing. But, you know, when, when you talk about the streets, I mean, Scorsese from, you know, The Departed to Goodfellas to Taxi Driver. I, I mean, and, and the thing about Mean Streets, how about this? Just last night, I'm flipping the channel and what's on TCM? Mean Streets. I don't know if it was 1973, whatever the hell it was. And it's there's De Niro, and there's Harvey Keitel. Now, Harvey Keitel, you know, is not as big a name to everybody as the names I just mentioned. But Harvey Keitel is not a good actor. He's a great actor. And that was then, and there was Harvey Keitel playing his role as, as an elder mob boss. Just brilliant. You know, small role, but you know, I, I've heard this about actors say it to me. If you get a part, if it's one line, then give them the one line. Give them a good one line, but give them the one line. If it's a full page, give them the full page. If it's 10 pages, don't overdo it, don't underdo it. In a small role, Harvey Keitel was brilliant. You know who also is in this? I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at her. I didn't know her. I don't even know her name. Didn't know her name. Somebody by the name of Welker White. Folks, if you have seen Goodfellows, she was the one working for Ray Liotta, taking the stuff, the, the dope, back and forth to Pittsburgh or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The little blonde. Okay. I'm looking at her. She plays Jimmy Hoffa. She plays Al Pacino's wife. She plays Mrs. Hoffa. And I'm there she is all of a sudden back in it. So I, I got a big kick out of that. So certainly the Irishman, uh, I strongly suggest. But I also strongly suggest in a way, I, I liked it better, was Motherless Brooklyn, starring and directed by Edward Norton. Uh, Bruce Willis is in it. Uh, Alec Baldwin's in it, who's very good. Willis, in his smaller role, is in it. And long story short, the movie's about um, a private investigator. Edward Norton with Tourette syndrome. The backdrop is the 1950s. Now, uh, they handle it. He handles it with such care. Um, 
Edward Norton does. You know, at that point, they didn't know. They didn't call it Tourette's. They they didn't know what it was. But he just, you know, he'd say something's wrong with, you know, my head. There's something crazy going on. But they do it with with taste. I mean, I'm not going to tell you some scenes are not funny. But he does a studying that is just tremendous. I, I mean, the care that he gives to the role. Uh, th- th- he did a movie. What was it with De Niro? I think it was De Niro. Might have, now I forget. I think it was called the, the Score. It was with De Niro, and I, I think it was Marlon Brando. Anyway, they're looking to do a high. So he he was playing somebody faking in the movie. He's faking that he had cerebral palsy. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm told it is the score. He. He was brilliant. I mean, I mean, he he just you can tell he studied and he, he was totally believable. You would have thought he had cerebral palsy. Well, in this, in Motherless Brooklyn, you would think that he legitimately legitimately was dealing with Tourette's, and that was about a two and a half hour movie. Uh, the, the best thing I can tell you about that because I don't want to give that away the story is a some similar story to if you recall um chinatown that had starred jack nicholson okay chinatown was and faye dunaway john houston uh you know it's a story like that about what was going on in New York in the 50s and, and buildings and contracts and stuff like that. So I would highly recommend that. But the one that I got to see that came as a complete surprise and it was not a good movie, it was just brilliant, was a movie called Pain and Glory. Spanish movies, Spanish movie, uh, English subtitles, directed, made by the brilliant, um, famous Spanish director, Pedro Almodovar. Now, you know, my wife and I, we go to subtitle movies. Doesn't have to be all TNA for me to go to a subtitle movie. But how did we go to that well what the first time we were trying to go see um the irishman in the city we're leaving a house and my wife was a saturday my, my wife says to me it was like a week or so ago my wife says to me well you know what maybe we should check Let, let's go online and get the seats ahead of time so i go online and literally we have our coats on and we're walking out of the house to get in the car and all the theaters in the city were sold out for the entire weekend. We couldn't go. So we decided to go to this kind of an art house theater uh, not far from us. We went to see what was there. And we go in to see Pain and Glory. And that's a movie we got to see by accident. And I'm telling you, it was the best accident that I ever, ever had. Uh, I... It, it's it stars um 
Antonio Banderas, Penelope Cruz, this other guy, uh, Salvador Malo. Uh, and I am telling you, it, it's about, I'm not giving anything away. It's about a, a director looking back on his career. You know, the ups and downs, regrets. It's just, it's done with such taste and class and, and everybody is cast perfectly. So, uh, and I got to see these three terrific movies, uh, within a week's time and I thought one was better than the other. They were all very, very good. Uh, my, Pain and Glory is not good. It's excellent. You know, if, if you don't like, Subtitle movies of foreign films, folks, I can't do nothing to make you like it. But I'm just telling you, if you do, this is not a good movie. It's just wonderful. Just a, I mean, I call it a five-star piece of filmmaking. That's how good I think it was. So it's The Irishman, Motherless Brooklyn, which obviously has a soft heart for me. And pain and glory. And that's that. That's a wrap right here. So uh, I want to thank all of you, as always, for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also always check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks. The big boy crash is off today. So my, my buddy who takes such good care of me here, Matt Meany from the Bernie and uh, Sid Show. Uh, thank you for being at the controls today, pal. My thanks to Tim Einickel, outstanding podcast producer, 77 WABC program director Dave Labrosi, his outstanding assistant, Matt Dahl, and certainly last but not least, a great big thank you to all of you people out there because without you people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.